What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to the Nerdwide Podcast. This is episode 56. I'm your host, Tyler Haynes, with my good friend to my right here, Mr. Chris Rivers. Now, Chris, last week you said you had a lot of overtime. How was this week? Much better. Good. That's what I love to hear. Much better. Uh, you know, it uh, could have been better sports-wise, but... Yeah, that's the, the <laughs> bummer, but what are you going to do? Yeah, it's... You know, I'm glad I didn't put money on it. I almost did. But uh, here we are. The king came back, but, you know, one person cannot deliver the whole time. No. Uh, but defense can. Defense almost won us that game. Mm-hmm. But yeah. then again, offense just anyways. Um, yeah. <laughs> guys, this is episode 56 of Dark Web Podcast. Quick housekeeping before we jump into everything. I'm just really excited to talk about Superman and Lois. Sorry, I'm kind of breezing through things. Um, don't forget to subscribe to either our YouTube or podcasting service of your choice. If you enjoy the show, make sure you leave us a thumbs up on YouTube and give us a good rating for podcasting apps. If you don't enjoy what you see or hear, make sure you leave us a comment. Let us know how we can improve the show. If you want to do more, you can always go to patreon.com slash nerdwide. If you want to toss us some money that way, that is the way to do it. And you've got three different tiers you can go that way. It's got different little incentives and things you do over there as well. <sighs> Chris, have you been watching anything else other than Peacemaker and Superman and Lois? No, I got a couple more episodes watched of Curse of Oak Island, but I'm not still chipping you know, away at it. Yeah. No. I think I'm trying to think if I watched I didn't watch anything crazy this week at all. Uh no, I don't think I watched anything. Well, just this is us is back on that ghost show. Just my my regular the final season, stuff. right? For this Yeah, is us. it is. And it's Wrapping some things up, but there's still a whole lot to be wrapped up that I'm very curious on how they are. I don't, I'm unsure of how many episodes we have left, but we're staying right up weekly with it. So now on YouTube TV, we, we are cutting Hulu live because it's just too expensive and they keep going up on it. And yeah. quite frankly, their sports suck. So that's, yeah, it's a story yeah. for another day, though. But Chris, oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. Spoilers tag is up, ladies and gentlemen who are listening. Peacemaker, episode four, The Chode Less Traveled. Uh, I like this one. It's still, this show is still providing that fun little James Gunn itch. I am having a little bit of a worry that it's almost too Deadpool-y, if that makes any sense. I feel like these characters are being written for like a Deadpool character, especially Vigilante. Just the way their mannerisms yeah. are and what they're doing with it. But I yeah, still I can, really enjoy I, it. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. Uh, I, w- I will say this. Um, it's the fourth episode. Mm-hmm. And normally, you know, you pretty much do what you're going to do until the first scene, until the show actually kicks in. I still have to stop and watch the opening yeah, oh, yeah, I, I do not skip uh, it. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's fun to watch. Every time I hear that song now, it's all I'm gonna think about is all of these straight faced people dancing to it and not even breaking <laughs> character and badly in yeah, some cases. Very... <laughs> I want to ask the the big twist at the end. To me, I feel like it's a little too soon. I don't feel like it's earned enough. Like. I like Mern, but I don't feel like I like Mern enough that this came as like a big, big bombshell, if that makes any I sense. I would, I don't know if they're planning a season two. Mm. 
but to me that's something you should have saved for the finale. Yeah. Or like, like the last scene or something. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you're not coming back for another season, the last scene of the seventh episode mm. to set up the finale. Right. I feel like they just kind of gave it away too soon. Yeah. The I like who do you like more right now, Vigilante or Peacemaker? Peacemaker. Mm. Yeah. V- Vigilante's uh, his fight scene in the prison was really well done. It was. I'm, it was. I'm glad that they put that in there, and I'm curious to see where we go from here. I think Harcourt has a little bit of soft spot for him. Uh, my wife says differently. She said, no, she's being nice. I'm like, she hasn't been nice to anybody this whole show. Why Why this guy? This nerdy right. little big frame glasses guy. Well, it's it's weird because on one hand, it's they seem to be setting it up for she and, Pe- and Peacemaker to get together. Mm-hmm. But then it, like I thought something was going to happen with Vigilante. Right. When he got in the car. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, this is about to pop off. Mm-hmm. The way she was looking at him was and, was yeah. very romantically, if you will, very romantic. Yeah. We saw. So I I don't know. We saw the white dragon suit, which yeah. I did not expect to see that. We finally got the. Uh, yeah. They talked about the little pocket space dimension of the thing because uh-huh. I said last week I said that didn't make any sense. I was still trying to figure out how this trailer thing works, and then they answered it the very next episode. I was like, yeah. James Gunn knows what he's doing. He's not dumb. Yeah. <laughs> no. I, I do wonder if we're going to get some comedy moments over the next few episodes with the helmets. Because the way he, his father had the helmets sitting there, they each had a placard in front of mm-hmm. them that told what they did. And he just grabs them mm-hmm. and puts them in the bag. So he's... I, I think we're going to get some comedy elements yeah. where he's... Just going to grab one, think it does one thing, yeah. but it doesn't. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly what I thought. As soon as you started just chucking them into his bag, I said, yep, like, here we go. That's not a good idea. <laughs> Take a picture first and, and so you know what was where. I don't know. <laughs> Write it down, etch it on the helmet. <laughs> I think they do have slight variations to the helmet. Yeah, some of them right. are you know, like one that is all th- this whole thing. You got one that's like right here. Yeah, they've got variations of them. So, uh, what about, uh, oh, what is it that they call him? Kung Fu guy, or is that what they call him? Oh, I'm trying to look for his name right now. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm blanking. Uh, he can judo take, Master. Judo Master. He can take a licking. Yeah, he can take a he lot got, of hits. <laughs> he got beaten the head by uh, Economist. Yeah. In the third episode, I think. Mm-hmm. And then he's still up and going. I don't I don't know if he's... Well, you got the spoiler tag up. I don't know if he's dead. I don't I think mean, he I, is. I, I, I don't, don't think they're going to kill him off yet. No, because he's, he's in the, uh, he's he's in the opening, opening credits. <laughs> so I think if you're in the opening credits, you're probably sick. Because I don't yeah. think anybody in there is dead. Well, there's some in there we still haven't gotten to yet. Mm-hmm. So, but he, and, um, I, I swear this was the episode Adebayo, Adebayo was going to tell Peacemaker who her mom was. Like, we feel like we, I yeah. feel like we get right there to it and then something happens and we don't get there. I'm like, ah, cause that's going to be fun. And that's going to be a big plot point 
somewhere down the line because everyone's not going to trust her anymore. Right, because no one knows. So. <laughs> no one knows. Yeah. And then she she uh, doesn't take the call from her girlfriend. Mm-hmm. She just denied it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like, I don't have time to deal with this right uh -oh. now. And she said the first episode of this new job, she'll have more time for her and everything. No more late nights is what she said. And uh, yeah. she was late night and ignore the phone call. So, And they're not living together mm -mm. because of the danger. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. A lot of things happening here. Yeah, I, I'm like you, though. I liked Vigilante's fight scene in the prison. Um, I'm curious. I I didn't like Ro I didn't like Robert Patrick's mullet. Oh in the no! In the scene. flashback scene, oh god, that was horrible. Like, oh, well, not a good look. We'll find out what killed his brother. I don't think Peacemaker's the one that killed his brother. I think he was around, but like he seized out. It looked like and had white frothy sputum. Which is it looked like maybe he hit his head. Yeah. So I don't I don't know yeah. what made him fall. We'll get into that I'm sure more because that's the big they've said it almost every episode or every time Peacemaker's with his dad. It's all about uh -huh. I loved your brother more. It's your brother's fault. You know, you're, it's your fault that your brother's dead and all this other stuff. So I wonder if they were scuffling or something, you know, and his dad kinda stuck his foot out, tripped his brother to Yeah. And then that resulted in his Yeah. Something, so, like something that. racist, it, it, I'm sure. That's what it. That's what it. That's what it looked like. Is that they were, because they're all there. Yeah. And he's training his kids to do, what he does. Horrendous things. So, I wonder if it was something in relation to that. Yeah. That's good. I still enjoy this show, and it's one of those ones that I look forward to every week to watch. For me, at least, I love John. John Cena's well, acting is so much fun to watch, especially mm -hmm. in these roles like this. He knows what he's doing. He knows where his yeah. uh, his strong suit is. It's this. I did like that they tacked on the uh, the scene at the end, where they're talking about, you know, the if if it walks like a duck scene. Yeah, uh, what was that supposed to mean? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Right? <laughs> duck would be tripping all over the pants. Right. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else we. Four more of these, man. And I didn't realize there's four more. Already a lot yeah. more than we're getting for no, that's eight. So that's about the same. Marvel thing. shows get yeah. a six. Mm. Don't like that. So, mm. all right, four more for that one. But let me tell you, we've got twenty more of Superman and Lois. Actually, I don't know. I'm just going off of the normal CW shows. Mm. But all right, Superman and Lois, season two, episode two. The Ties That Bind, directed by David Ramsey. Oh. I said it last week. I'm going to say it again this week, and I, hopefully this is the last time I say it. I feel like this season is leagues ahead of last season. Everyone's acting is phenomenal. I feel like they got the, the teenage boys, Jonathan and Jordan, exactly where they want them acting-wise and mm -hmm. how much they want to put into it. And I think Natalie being home with them is such a great addition to the show. And I'm very curious to see where she goes from there. The big reveal of the end scene with Sarah kind of 
was called. Did not expect it to be a, a lesbian moment. But it uh, I knew that was coming. She obviously did something at the camp. We knew that was not going to be okay with uh, Jordan. But man, I thought we were about to get Jonathan to get his super strength this episode. When they were in the weight room, and he's over there with just a little 10 pounds on his arms, and old dude is doing, uh, guarantees doing ex-kryptonite, benching 345 pounds or whatever he was doing. I was like, okay, he's about to get his super strength. Didn't get it. Thought he was going to. I still think this season he's going to get his powers somehow, some way. Yeah. But, oh, I loved this episode. Obviously, it's a doomsday. Let's bring it into it. I thought we were about to get a good little Loki moment with um, Tauro. Did not get it. But I just, oh, so well done this episode. Yeah, there was a lot of good stuff here. I mean, uh, Lana is running from there. Yes. And even like it's, um, I was telling Jamie that um, today too when we watched it. Like I know last season, neither one of us liked that household, or or cared any about the storylines in there. I feel like this season, I care. I I'm, I am all in right now. Yeah, it's it's just it's a lot better, and I think part of it last season was they spent so much time setting it up, mm-hmm. and you're wanting to see what's going on with. The, the Kent family. Yeah. It's like, I, I I don't, I'm here for this other family. I don't really need to see this right now. Right. So I feel like it was necessary because it got us to where we're at now. Right. But at the same time, boy, was it painful to sit through sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the whole thing with, with Sarah Do you see it going where I see it going that she and Natalie? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's going to be and a that's whole gonna... rift between everybody. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't really, I don't think that should be the plot point, but I'm also not a writer for the show. Right. So, but it, uh, the only thing is that that kind of is on my radar from this episode but the thing there's only one part that I did not like and when it's whenever this Chrissy Beppo the the journalist from the small podunk gazette newspaper thinks he is big shot and all of this oh they're going to question your journalistic integrity because I'm listening to this podcast for about a case that you worked years ago you've got maybe 10 readers I mean I mean <laughs> on the farms why do you care like, why, why is it such a big plot point going on right now? Is it to talk about right. her sister? I mean, with Lucy, I'm just, I don't understand why this is a, a big deal right now. And this is a show, too, that, going back to Supergirl, Supergirl always stayed in, uh, what was the town she stayed in? Uh, what are, Central? No, not Central. No, it wasn't Central. It was, uh, whatever city she's in. National City? National City. But Superman is all over the world all the time. Yeah. So it's just like, what is Supergirl doing now? Why is it she helping? But we still don't. It's like it's loosely part of the the, the CW-verse, but not mm-hmm. all in on the CW-verse. I'm just like, eh, come on. But that's something I realized with this episode. Um, we got Tag back. I did not think we would see that character come back at all. 
but he's a part of the super team. And it's curious, though, right? Because they're using X kryptonite Mm -hmm. to to give these folks these abilities. Yep. It's like, well, eventually that can wear off. And what do you do if they're in the middle of a fight? Or they get captured. Well, so they, they How many times has Superman been captured by somebody? Right. It's so they are metahumans, but the X kryptonite is just enhancing their abilities. Right. But so, they'll be weaker yeah. if they don't have the X kryptonite. <sighs> and when that happens, they're gonna get killed. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's gonna be a, I mean that's why he Superman said the tag's barely eighteen right now. Right. And they're throwing him into these situations that should not be an 18-year-old's uh, wheelhouse. I still love the line from last episode. And they replayed it at the beginning in the uh, previously on segment. Where Superman looks at Anderson and says, That, uh, that insignia on mm-hmm. their chest is not yours to give. Well, he says and I think that's going to come back yeah. to bite somebody. Because, uh, you know... Maybe it's, um, I keep wanting to call him Morgan Edge because that's what we knew him as for right. so long. Uh, maybe it's him. Maybe he sees the, the crest and mm-hmm. he he targets those people, whatever. But I didn't think they were going to keep him around. I thought that was going to be like a, his season's done. We're not going to use him anymore. But he really is like a Loki character. Like I wanted him to mm-hmm. do good this episode. And I think he almost would have. Because right there when he was choking them out and their mom was like, no, no, don't do that. And I feel like he hesitated a little bit, but then Superman quickly got up and knocked him out. I'm like, oh, yeah. I wanted that so bad. I think we'll get that still. Because he, yeah. he he said that line when he took him back to the mountain bunker. He says, do you do you see the good in me? He says, no, but I want to. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, me too, buddy. I want to see it as well. Something will come up where he – it will benefit him to help Superman mm-hmm. defeat Doomsday or Dark Side. Yeah, and uh, that will be the um, the point at which we see that he's that kind of Loki Thor relationship develop, where they find ways to tolerate one another mm-hmm. in moments where they need to be together. Maybe they kill him off in the process. Maybe yeah. he sacrifices himself, but who knows? I just this show's so great. I just I want more every time, every week. The episode ends, and I'm like, okay, I could use another hour of this show. <laughs> but so we we're for sure it's either Dark Side or Doomsday. It's who's down there, right? We're both in agreement. That's one of those two. I think it's it's kind of gotta be one of those two. I yeah. mean. I'm thinking, my thought is, I think the ex-Kryptonite was a prison, so to speak, because you got to think they're mining all this away, and now he's getting stronger. So I'm like, I think he's, it's what's kept him down there, or maybe, I don't know, I'm just kind of spitballing with these ideas. And now that it's being mined, he's punching his way back through. And that's what's causing all these. I think that he and Superman are linked, and that's why... Clark is having all these visions and attacks and everything. I do like that um, Jordan is getting stronger as the days and years go on. 
well, that was months go on now, not years. But they said, oh, you've matured a little bit more, but you're still not strong enough for me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I like this. But like, like you it. said, he got in some good shots. Mm-hmm. Got a little hole so, in his shirt and everything, too. And I love how they brought that into it. Yeah. So, gosh, I love Superman and Lois. All right. Next week will be episode three. I don't have a title for it, but it's going to be great. On to the news. Number one. Moon Knight kicked off the week with a new trailer and we got us a release date of March the 30th. We were sitting here wondering when was everything going to be where, you know, in a drought of MCU shows and movies. Well, there you go. March 30th. And that's going to lead into Doctor Strange. March, April. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it should. So in theory, multiverse should already come out, but. Which go. makes me wonder why, or makes me wonder if that's exactly why they pushed Doctor Strange back into May. Because it times out where this will end, yeah. and then we'll get Doctor Strange. Uh, we should have had Doctor Strange much earlier, but, you know, what do I know? Next one, Godzilla and the MonsterVerse are coming to Apple Plus TV for a new series. and going to Deadline.com, and this is by Justin Kroll. In a massive deal that expands on Legendary's MonsterVerse, Apple TV Plus has ordered a new live-action series featuring Godzilla and the Titans. Following the thunderous battle between Godzilla and the Titans that leveled San Francisco and the shocking new reality that monsters are real, the Untitled series explores one family's journey to uncover its buried secrets and a legacy and link them to the secret organization known as Monarch. The series will be produced by Legendary Television and executive produced by co-creators Chris Black, who will also serve as showrunner, and Matt Fraction, alongside Safe Houses Pictures, Joby Harold, and Tori Tunnell, and Tohoku uh, Limited. That's cool. So, yeah, it's, it's cool that it's taking place after the first one and not after a mm-hmm. uh, most recent one with Kong. So that'd be kind of right. fun. Next one here, kind of this actress will link into our movie when we talk about it here in a minute. Mary Elizabeth Winstead joins Star Wars Ahsoka in a secret role. I'm going to TVLine.com by Dave Nemetz. Mary Elizabeth Winstead is moving from Fargo to a galaxy far, far away. The actress has joined the cast of Disney Plus' upcoming Star Wars series, Ahsoka, according to The Hollywood Reporter. Ahsoka stars Rosario, Rosario Dawson, who have reprised her Mandalorian role as Jedi Knight warrior Ahsoka Tano. So, details about Winstead's character are being kept tightly under wraps as of now. It'll be fun. Any speculation? I've been thinking about that. Um, let me see. I forget who the character was. I'm not the biggest on... Um, who a lot of Star Wars characters are. But someone I saw on Twitter had it as something fun. Who will be... It's one of the green-haired girls. Or the green aliens. I I can't find it, but... It's someone like that that's been loosely in the series, but not 100% in. So, we'll see. Uh, releases this week. I've got nothing for TV. Nothing this week. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. That's probably going to be a theme. Yeah. Um, on to movies. Have you watched anything else? Mm, no, I didn't watch anything. I watched half yeah. of Spider-Man: Homecoming, but that was it. Half. The last. It was on after the playoffs last night. So oh, I flipped okay. over and just watched the last half of it, and gotcha. still a great movie. All right, so into our movie review this week, uh, we watched Kate on Netflix, starring 
Mary Elizabeth Winstead, starring Woody Harrelson, mm-hmm. uh, who's always great in these types of roles. He's just fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, if by some chance the main thing you know him from is Cheers, boy, are you missing out. Hunger Games. Um, that's, yeah. That's all I know. Natural Born Killers. No. Oh, no. Not oh, even okay. Cheers. <laughs> well, damn. I know. Um, so. This movie came out in 21. I'm trying to remember ballpark when. But we'll kind of get spoilery on this probably. I'm okay You're with okay it. with it. Yeah. All right. I got so, the spoilers tag up, so. Basically, um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead plays Kate, who is an assassin. And she was trained from a young age. Her parents were killed. And um, Woody Harrelson kind of takes her in for the purpose of training her for being an assassin for hire. Um, we don't see a ton of the background. We just see the job that sets up the, the movie. So she's in Osaka, Japan. Her target is a guy. We don't even get to see that much of the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets out of a car. He's walking around. He's, he's walking beside his daughter, and she and, um, and I'm forgetting Harrelson's character name now. Varric. She, v. Varric. V. She and V have a, a kind of a policy. We don't do anything if there are kids around. And he's walking with his daughter, and she's basically told, you have to take the shot. Yeah. We never found out who the she, woman was on the, in the earpiece. No, and I was no. very confused about that, because it seemed like... You know, by the end of the movie, it was all just Woody Harrelson. So yeah. I'm like, well, who's the woman that was right. running recon? So Yeah. But she takes the shot. The One th- one of the things I loved about this movie were the effects. Mm-hmm. You see from behind the guy, and you see the bullet go through his neck. You see the little skin flap. Yeah, and <laughs> he's just standing there. And his daughter looks back at him. And about that time, the second bullet hits his head, mm-hmm. and he just drops. Um, there was another later bit in the geisha house where she takes a, a blade and goes up through a guy's, mm-hmm. like, but below his mouth here, in his neck, and it comes out his sinus cavity. Yep. And you see and it just, all. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just sitting there, and he's just like... This great, great work by the the makeup and special effects department. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, they complete this job. They go about their business. You flash forward 10 months, and she's getting... Um, she ends up getting a new assignment. And it turns out she's going after the, the guy that she killed in Osaka. She's now in Tokyo. She's going after his brother. Mm-hmm. Before that can happen, she picks up a guy in a bar, which Always. you get you get the idea that this is not something she does a lot, that she's letting her guard down because she wants out. She wants to feel normal. And that guy was put there to poison her. And it's not something with an antidote. No, there was, was it Isotope 8 or something like that. Petroleum 
204, I think is what it was. And uh, so she is, she has basically from the time she finds out, they give her roughly 24 hours to live. Um, so she's going to spend the rest of this time trying to kill the people who poisoned her. And she tears through the Yakuza. She's like a one-woman army. She and, Not just one, all all of them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she takes out, in the Geisha house alone, she probably takes out 15 mm-hmm. or more. Um, the one thing I did notice with a couple of the fight scenes, and I don't know if this was just oversight on the part of the director, but there were moments where it moved slow. Mm-hmm. Like she's she's going to stab this guy to the right. She blocks this guy to the left and she, she blocks and he just kind of stands there. Yeah. While she does this and then comes back to him. And it's probably meant to be sped it, up in post. Yeah, and yeah. it just didn't happen. Um, I love the movie, though. The, she's great yeah. in this. Um fantastic but and like I said Woody Harrelson's good uh, the young actress that plays Ani the, the daughter Miku Patricia Martineau yeah she was very good too mm-hmm. um, really bratty at first yeah her character got on my nerves a lot the first half of the movie yeah I had to keep reminding myself of what she witnessed yeah. to kind of give the <laughs> character a little through. bit of yeah um <laughs> Apparently, Boom Boom Lemon is pretty good. Because yeah, I've never heard of it until even, this movie. <laughs> even as she's she knows she's dying, uh, Kate wants Boom Boom Lemon. It's like a, uh, I guess it would be like a Minute Maid lemonade or something. Yeah, that's what I related that. to. Or like a Fanta or something. Um, but she marches through the Yakuza. She works her way up the ladder until finally she gets to the uncle, Ani's uncle, the brother of her original target, who she believes ordered her poisoning. Kojima. Kojima. And he says, this wasn't me. Mm -hmm. Basically tells her they have the same enemies. He, one of his, uh, I guess, to equate it to the American mob, one of his capos is wanting to unseat him and, and take over the family. And he was working with V to make that happen. So V's the one, when she said she wanted out, V said, we find out later that V said, if she doesn't change her mind, we'll have to eliminate her. Well, they went ahead and, and took that on, mm-hmm. even though he believed he could get her to change her mind. So he really didn't, he really didn't order her murder. He just said, if she won't change her mind, this is something we'll have to do. But he also then attempts to take Ani and, do the same and turn her exactly. into another Kate. Ugh. But it doesn't work. So, I don't know what you thought of I think I gave this three and a half stars on Letterboxd. Mm. Um, because I like the effects. I like the story. The acting was good. Um, there were still some things I would have liked to have seen. It, it only runs, I say only, <laughs> it only runs an hour and 46 minutes. Yeah. 
but with the pacing, it feels like about I think it was 15 very minutes well paced. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I gave it a two. Ooh. It, yeah. I, I liked it. The action scenes were great. I just the story didn't really grab me as as much as I thought it would. I called the big twist from the very get go. Mm-hmm. Like when she said she wanted out and then we see her get poisoned. I was like, ah, I said, I bet it's V because he's her money maker and yeah. he's going to do that. Cause you don't have a big character, big character like Woody Harrelson have him in for 10 minutes at the front of the movie. And that'd be it. Yeah. Um, I, I did like, and again, like I said, the Annie, Annie got on my nerves the first half of the movie. She came into her own the last half. The, again, the action scenes were great. The action scene where the, one of the guy's boyfriends in the his apartment. Oh, in the penthouse. Of, yeah, it was a lot of fun to watch where yeah. Ani gets her first kill. was cool. The alleyway scenes were cool with the fighting where she stayed up in between the alley and then dropped down and killed him. It just, I think it was the story was the biggest part that didn't grab me. Because once we got mm. to where she confronts Kojima and he shows her the pictures, and I said, ah. Because he's Woody Harrelson's right out there talking to Annie. And I said, okay, there's the twist that's going to happen. I kind of called from the beginning, but the ending scene was the ending fight scene was really cool. They all just come in. It's uh, Kate and Kojima and all of his people all just stormed that building. I was like, yeah, I'm all about this. And then, yeah. but I mean, again, spoilers. But Kate dies at the end, which they said was think. Easier. Yeah, well, yeah. So there could be a Kate too, which knowing these shows and movies, it's very possible. Hello. Uh, what's one with Chris Hemsworth to watch it in? Extraction. Yeah. Extraction. So who knows? But I, uh, it was good. Just not, I, it was very predictable and I don't like to be able to predict things, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. So it was a fun little, you know, hour 45 minute watch, but it did. The pacing yeah. was really well done. Yeah, it was, uh, it was it was predictable. I, I think that the one thing about it is, you know, with extraction, we both sat there and said, "How do you come back from this?" Because he got yeah. shot in the, in the jugular. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no, he was bleeding out and fell over the bridge. Yeah, but they're finding a way to bring it back. Yeah. So, could they bring her back? They could. They could make Ani someone mm. who becomes what Kate was, but with a different purpose yeah to you know so i don't know at it's probably been pretty popular i would guess um on netflix i don't know if there's a way to find out like what the views are on their platform but i know that she's as as you said she's got star wars coming up she's going to enter that universe I got a four point one on Rotten Tomatoes, or a Google survey. Forty five percent Rotten Tomatoes, six point two IMDb, forty seven percent on Metacritic. That came out on my birthday last year. Oh, Twenty five million dollar budget. About middle of the pack, then. Yeah. Most people view it as average. Yeah. It could be a one and done. You know, I I just felt like. It's one of those movies that I think you'll enjoy if you're just wanting something that you can sit down and not have to think ahead too much. Yeah. If you just want something you can enjoy and just go along with the story without 
trying to figure out what's happening, this is a good one. So it looks like new one to comicbook.com by Adam Barnhart on October 9th. Um, Kate was, where did that, where did I see that at? Uh, according to the latest Nielsen charts released, Kate is the most watched movie currently available on streaming. Uh, using wow. data collected within the past week, again, this is October 9th, viewers have logged 428 million watching minutes of the flick. That it's means, coming back. means roughly 4.12 million people watched that movie. And that was in October. Yeah. So that was that was two <laughs> weeks after release. No, no, a month after release. So They'll, uh, they'll do something yeah. with it. They'll be back. <laughs> if it'll be on it in not... the future or something, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> good call. They're not gonna, they're not gonna leave that money on the table. Nope. <laughs> All right, on to the news. This was oh, we got our, our movie for next week as well. Oh yeah, our movie for next week. I'm gonna let you uh, do the honors there, Tyler. It is don't look up on Netflix with every everybody under the don't. sun in it. Don't look up what on Netflix? Just don't look up. Oh. So, it's a nice little parody of COVID and the government, if you will. Yeah. I've heard it's really good. DiCaprio, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ariana Grande, Jonah Hill. There's a lot of people in it. All right. From the news department, then. Uh, news that at first was exciting and then not so much. Um. <laughs> uh, so Black Panther 2 went back into production, restarting, and then shut back down mm-hmm. because of because of COVID. Um, this comes from IGN and Matt Kim. Uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever continues to face setbacks just as filming for the sequel was set to resume. A COVID-19 outbreak on the set has caused yet another production pause for the Black Panther sequel. Um... Hollywood Reporter reported the challenges of filming during the pandemic as a new COVID variant sweeps across the country. Among the productions affected is Black Panther 2, which just resumed production after Letitia Wright returned to the set after a stunt accident. Now, it does say several cast and crew members tested for positive for COVID. Um, here's, here's a question. So, Letitia Wright is back. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think she should be, in my opinion. But well, yeah, but this kind of underscores. So they didn't want her to return because she's not vaccinated. Correct. Right. Correct. She comes back, and there's a COVID outbreak. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that she's involved in that, but kind of ironic. This should, <laughs> this, this should be a this should be a point to say. See, this is why. Yeah. It is important if you're going to be involved in something time-sensitive like this, which mm-hmm. the way they line these movies and shows I mean, up, they are time-sensitive. This is supposed to come out at the end of the year. Yeah, and, and they can't even get going. Yeah, we're not done filming. Guaranteed this gets pushed back. If I, I know this is going to be one of those things where people are like, you can't do that. If you have something time-sensitive like this, you need to eliminate all possibilities of shutdowns and you're either vaxxed or you're not on this set. Yeah. Get out. It's, it's how it's supposed to be, but... And... It, it, yeah. 
Plus, I think you're losing less because there's still talk that she's not going to be given the mantle of Black Panther, mm-hmm. right? There's still talk that it's going to go to another character. Ultimately, they could work around that. Yeah. Just, I'm yeah. curious to see where it goes from here. Because, I mean, we, they hit a delay way till after the holidays. Here we are delaying it once again. At this point, we have enough data. Yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't be new. Anyway, so this is one that uh, this is one that I sent Tyler as soon as I saw it. I, had you seen this yet? Uh, just a little bit before you sent it to me. Okay. Um, it comes from Entertainment Weekly and Maureen Lee Linker. This is the best one I could find out of all of the the stuff that's been going around. Yeah, Joss Whedon breaks silence on allegations made by Ray Fisher, Charisma Carpenter, and Gal Gadot. Now, I did see something on online, by the way, speaking of Gal Gadot, that says her name is actually pronounced Gal Gadot. Mm. It depends on part of the country you're from. I've heard it both ways from I've, a, I have a bunch too. of different people. So, <laughs> uh, The writer-director has been accused of mistreating actors on the sets of Justice League and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I did not know the Buffy one. Um uh, yeah, it's kind of a surprise, but considering that difference in eras. Yeah. Uh, it says, after months of silence, Joss Whedon has publicly addressed allegations of misconduct on the set of Justice League from stars Ray Fisher and Gal Gadot, as well as accusations of mistreatment from Buffy the Vampire Slayer actress Charisma Carpenter. In a lengthy profile published by New York Magazine Monday, Whedon confronted a controversy that has tarnished his reputation as a feminist and progressive ally, in addition to revealing he'd been in therapy for the past few years dealing with complex post-traumatic stress disorder from a damaging childhood, the writer-director largely denied or downplayed Fisher, Godot, and Carpenter's allegations. This is where it gets interesting. Mm. With regard to Fisher, who accused Whedon of gross, abusive, unprofessional, and completely unacceptable behavior after he took over for, for Zack Snyder as the director of Justice League, Whedon said he felt the actor did not, deli- did not deliver a good performance. Quote, we're talking about a malevolent force. We're talking about a bad actor in both senses, end quote. Okay. <laughs> then why did you keep him there? Mm-hmm. I mean, people get fired in the middle of movies all the time for various reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, um... I like the now, Ray, yeah, I, I like his response. The initial response that he had um, was, looks like Joss Whedon got to direct an end game after all. Rather than address all of the lies and buffoonery today, I'll be celebrating the legacy of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Tomorrow the work continues. Hashtag MLK Day. He did come out later, Fisher did. Uh, I think it was he and Charisma Carpenter had kind of a back and forth yeah. supporting each other with their allegations. Um, let's see. Let me get to the next part. The studio said at the time of Fisher's allegations, remedial action has been taken but did not provide details. Earlier this year, Fisher's co-star Gal Gadot, who plays Wonder Woman in WB's superhero films, 
said Whedon threatened her career on the set of Justice League, but speaking to New York, Whedon chalked it up to a communication error. That's not how that works. Quoting, English is not her first language, and I tend to be annoyingly flowery in my speech. End quote. He recalled joking about a scene Godot wanted him to cut and quipping she'd have to tie his body to a train track to get him to do so. Quote, then I was told I had said something about her dead body and tying her to the railroad track. End quote. In response to Whedon's explanation, Godot told New York, I understood perfectly. <laughs> and then oh. Charisma Carpenter, Charisma Carpenter, um, in February, said in a statement, Joss has a history of being casually cruel. He's created hostile and toxic work environments since his early career. I know because I experienced it firsthand repeatedly. She went on to allege Whedon called her fat when she was four months pregnant, harassed her about whether she was going to keep it, and ultimately unceremoniously fired her from Angel after she gave birth. Um, Whedon acknowledged regrets and missteps from his Buffy and Angel days, saying, I was young, I yelled, and sometimes you had to yell. Hmm. Regarding Carpenter's allegations, Whedon said he was not mannerly after learning she was pregnant, but denied calling her fat. Quote, most of my experiences with charisma were delightful and charming. She struggled sometimes with her lines, but nobody could hit a punchline harder than her. I mean, it... I know that when these allegations first came out, Sarah Michelle Geller had a post um, that she was... That basically insinuated she was supportive of something that was going on, but it was extremely vague. Um, and people now think that she was talking about her castmates and the people on Justice League coming out about Whedon. Mm -hmm. um, he has completely... He's completely screwed up the response to all this. Yep. If, if you're going to wait this long and then you're going to come out in an interview like this, this is not still come can... guns and blazing. That's not his fault. Yeah, yeah. That's it's not me. And what was me was the result of me being younger. And oh, I've got this PTSD from my childhood. And you, know, you don't bring all that up at once because no. it sounds like you're just unloading excuses. The Gal Gadot part is just mind-boggling to me. Like, how did anybody uh, let this go on? Yeah. But I, I don't think and, he'll and have a good his, job again, ever. And for his response to be, well, English isn't her first language. No, that's, that's not how it works, buddy. <laughs> I mean... He, he's done. She, first off, she speaks what? Doesn't she speak like six languages or something? Yeah, she's very bi multilingual. Yeah. So, And... She speaks English extremely well, so trying to say that she didn't understand what he was saying is stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just... Good try, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he's done, and I yeah. think he knows he's done, and he's trying to... This is him flailing. Mm-hmm. Somebody will give him a job, but as far as Hollywood... Probably. At large, I don't think they will. No. 
Maybe he can make documentaries for Fox News. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you sure uh, did, did I say? Did I say that? No, that's the truth. <laughs> um, final bit of news: Knives Out two to release in theaters and Netflix in late 2022. Sounds like you uh, watch it in Netflix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Easy movie and, and much like television, no releases this week. Yeah. The end of January. We'll start getting some stuff in February, I imagine. All right, Vidya Games. Vidya Games. Playing anything fun? Anything new? Anything exciting? Uh, I dropped back into Assassin's Creed for a little bit. Still kind of plugging away at that. For I did end up. I think. I think everything I, well, most everything I played, I'm gonna have to go back and replay. Yeah. Uh, the game kind of glitched on me no um, it was uh oh, i'm trying to think of the guy's name you have to go up to the top of the of the tower and kidnap him oh, um, there's it's so it's, much to have yeah, to I know, it's, yeah. <laughs> but uh you're, you're supposed to kidnap him because someone else needs to be named the the bishop or i don't know um, but I got up there and I got him. I got him tied up and I threw him over my shoulder and I was like, "All right, how do I get out of here?" Because there's no way to get down and you can't jump down too far with him. Yeah. Well, then I finally figured out a way to get down from the tower with him, but the game would not recognize I kidnapped him. It was mm. still giving me the mission that I needed to uh, time up and, and kidnap him, and I was like, "I'm done." I tried putting him in one of the boats. Isn't it so I frustrating? I tried to drown him by dropping him in the in the river. Yeah. And he just kind of sat there looking at me, and I was like, "Yeah, oh, I just." <laughs> so I just backed out. I was like, "I'll have to pick it up later and see where it it resets." But I did that. I um, I think I said last week I'd already dropped in on Spider Man a little bit, mm-hmm. playing that again. I'm on chapter two. I'm part way through chapter two of Tell Me Why. So I've made some progressions there. And then, of course, the usual Madden. So. Yeah. I've been playing Chipping Away at Psychonauts. I'm having fun with it. Um, chipping Away at Halo. I don't think I'm going to be anywhere close where I want to be. Like these games I've started, I want to finish before uh, February. Because uh-huh. though uh, Horizon Forbidden West and the new Destiny expansion is going to take over my life and I won't touch anything else. Halo, I don't even think I'm 25% way through the story going off of the achievement tracker. But that's, I don't know how all that works. And I'm trying to think. Psychonauts are doing well in Destiny. I've played just a couple of things to clean up before the new expansion drops. But just those two mainly I haven't really touched. I haven't really touched anything else this week. Just been kind of a slower week. Just hadn't done anything. But with the games coming out this week, there's two in particular I'll probably... One, I know I'll be playing the second ones and maybe. So we'll get there. But Chris, we have to talk about the biggest gaming news in our lifetime. I don't think there's ever going to be a bigger news than this story. And you have to be living under a rock if you haven't heard about this one. Microsoft purchases Activision and Blizzard. I'm going to theverge.com for this whole write-up by Tom Warren. 
Satya Nadella says the deal will play a key role in the development of metaverse platform. And, you know, forget that. Ignore the metaverse stuff because like, that doesn't make any, doesn't mean anything. Microsoft is acquiring Activision, the troubled developer, uh, publisher of Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, and Diablo, to name a few. The deal will value Activision at $68.7 billion, far in excess of the $26 billion Microsoft paid to acquire LinkedIn in 2016. It's Microsoft's biggest push into gaming, and the company says it will be the third largest gaming company by revenue behind Tencent and Sony once the deal closes. Microsoft plans to add many of Activision's games to Xbox Game Pass once the deal closes, which will be, we're thinking it's going to be June of 2023, because it's going to be fiscal year, the third, fiscal year 23, and third quarter. Let's see, Microsoft, blah, blah, blah. Microsoft will soon publish franchises like Warcraft, Diablo, Overwatch, Call of Duty, and Candy Crush, which are your biggest avenues out of all of them. Quote, upon close, upon close, we will offer as many Activision Blizzard games as we can with an Xbox Game Pass and PC Game Pass. Both new titles and games from Activision Blizzard's incredible catalog, says Microsoft CEO of gaming Phil Spencer. A couple things before we kind of get into more of this other stuff. Actually, let me see if there's anything else I can bring in. I, before we get there, no. Okay. This is huge. Call mm -hmm. of Duty for the past 15 years whatever iteration is out is the number one selling video game of each year for 15 years straight. This deal is $68.7 billion. Bethesda was 7.5 billion. Everyone is, is going bananas because call of duty will be an Xbox exclusive. If you want to play call of duty, you're going to have to come to Xbox. Now, I don't think it's in this story, but uh, Phil Spencer has said, like he has said with Bethesda, we are honoring our contracts that are already in, are already going right now. So like Deathloop was a Bethesda game, and it was already going to be on Sony and Sony only for a while. So they said they're going to keep that. It's going to be the same thing with PlayStation uh, and Call of Duty. They're going to keep keep that going and any obligations like that. But 2024. I think is when we are going to see Call of Duty become an Xbox exclusive and not be on PlayStation. And that is mind-boggling. I don't... Either way, Microsoft makes money. If mm -hmm. they keep it on both or if they just come stays on Xbox. But you don't spend almost $70 billion and let your competitor have your number one video game sales on their platform. But... yeah. That's how I look at it. At at the other end of it, though, there's some people that are loyal to Sony. They're not mm -hmm. going to go to Microsoft. Yeah. So if you want those people to spend their money on your games, you gotta have put it, it everywhere. So, it it's very this this is huge, especially because of all of the Bobby Kotick thing from Activision with the sexual misconduct and abuse and everything that's been going on there. Everyone's been wondering, okay, so because they the shareholders and everything did not get rid of Bobby Kotick, so everyone has been asking, what are you going to do about him? I guarantee once that deal closes, they're going to give him a severance package and get him out. No, it's not a win because he's getting he'll be getting millions and hundreds of millions of dollars in severance, but he will no longer be a part of that company. I right. believe it, Phil Spencer because he is now. They had to restructure the gaming leadership, 
He is now CEO of Microsoft Gaming, which he has been, but he's taking everyone has to report to him. Activision Blizzard, everybody reports to him through one of their avenues. And he is a good person and he knows what he's doing. He's always for the gamer first. And he knows about these these things and what's going on and he knows it all. But you have to be everything he says very legal heavy because you can't just say things. The deal hadn't closed. So you have to say things you can say and say things that you not say things you can't. Um, further on this act, the article, Microsoft doesn't detail exactly how it will approach solving these issues. And the company says Bobby Kotick will continue to serve as CEO of Activision and Blizzard for now. It looks like Kotick won't remain once the deal is fully closed and after the transition period to Microsoft, though. Spencer, formerly head of micro gaming at Microsoft, is now CEO of Microsoft Gaming. And the company says the Activision Blizzard business will report directly to Spencer. Quote, as a company, Microsoft is committed to our journey for inclusion in every aspect of gaming, among both employees and players, says Spencer. We deeply value individual studio cultures. We also believe that creative success and autonomy go hand in hand with treating every person with dignity and respect. We hold all teams, all leaders to this commitment. We're looking forward to extending our culture of proactive inclusion to the great teams of, uh, across Activision and Blizzard. Um, trying to see if there's anything else. So you'll see the deal won't be approved for another 18 months. It's a long period to do to a close, but it's still crazy. And what's even crazier is the second news story I've got here. It's the only one really. But the next day, Sony loses $20 billion in the free market. So that's a lot of money. And that's when that phone yeah. call came in from Sony and uh, Phil Spencer about, hey, what are we doing here? And he said, we're going to keep up with the contracts and everything, so don't worry. So, Yeah. Oh. Do, you, do you think at some point Sony says, look, we need to start buying some other studios and Really, all that's left on the table is Ubisoft and EA. There you go. Yeah, but I would want nothing more for Microsoft to own Ubisoft. Don't think it'll happen. I don't know if Ubisoft will stay as their own. A lot of people are wondering, like, what does this do for independent developers? And, like, why is Microsoft doing all this? But my thing is... One, they, they got ID at Xbox. They, all these teams can do indie projects. They don't have to work on the next big thing. Right. A lot of these teams are, hey, this is what you want to do? Okay, how do we help you do that? And that's what Phil Spencer mm -hmm. does. And he said that in multiple interviews. Like he, he lets these teams do what they want to do as far as development. So, Well, and, and that's one of the positives that EA has going for them is their independent developers program. Mm -hmm. Right. So the what do they call it? EA is it originals or yeah, like Take Two is uh, one of those studios yeah. that do that too. So I think if if you're Sony and you want to emphasize, hey, we're about the independent guys. We, mm -hmm. you know, this is going to be your your house to to come to 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 make those projects and and get them out to a wider audience. Maybe acquire EA. Yeah. And bring that even more front and center. That's what that's a lot of people are saying. Right. What what is Sony's answer to this? Yeah. A lot of people are saying they need to make a deal with Xbox and put Xbox Game Pass on Sony on PlayStation. You still get those games over on the console, but you have to pay Microsoft to play those games. But oh, and speaking of Game Pass though, Chris, we're gonna get a like there's already hundreds of hundreds of hundreds of games. On Game yeah. Pass, this is going to 
bolster it. Like we're gonna get every Diablo on here. Um, I don't know if every I don't know about Call of Duty how they would do that with Game Pass. I'm sure they still will. But just Diablo, Overwatch, they will. Overwatch 2, guarantee will be a day one Game Pass, which is a huge game that's supposed to come out. I don't think you could do World of Warcraft as a subscription service game, so I don't know how you do that. But this is great, especially for the Call of Duty developers like uh, Raven. Um, oh, I forget the, the last part of that. I think it's just Raven. Raven, um, Sledgehammer Games. You've got uh, Infinity Ward. All of those people that are tired of doing a Call of Duty annually every other year. This this gives them I bet they go to Phil Spencer once this deal is done and say, Hey, we're tired of doing Call of Duty games. This is our pitch for a game we want to make. Can we do it? He'll be like, Yeah, yeah, that sounds great. Please make this game. And they won't have to do any of this crunch or anything else that they, these developers have done. And yeah. the, the the future like starting I'm telling you, twenty twenty four E three and stuff like that for Microsoft is going to be banger because we're about to get a lot of fun things. And this is, I mean, for being a Sony pony, as they call us, I mean, for what all of PlayStation four generation, I love the 360. That was my one, but like Xbox, I've played more than I play my PlayStation right now. And yeah. it's because of game pass, like psychonauts is free on there. That's why I'm playing game pass. Halo play on game pass. I mean, dude, it's, <laughs> We we've got a, a fun couple of years coming up. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, you also want. I mean, I I know they're kind of off to the side. They're doing their own thing, and and maybe that works for them long term. But then over here, kind of in left field, you've got Nintendo, mm-hmm. right? And it's just like we keep talking Sony, Microsoft, Sony, Microsoft, and everybody's forgetting about Nintendo over yeah. there. So, I mean, I don't because Nintendo's never like acquired a studio, right? You still have Sega, like they work very closely with Sega, and there's one other, but I mean, they don't acquire studios like Sony. Like, Sony acquired Insomniac, they've acquired uh, Santa Monica, Mm -hmm. and but it seems like these two are gobbling them up. And something else with Nintendo, the, the Switch released seven years ago. Yeah, and we're talking about the next generation. We just dropped uh, in 2020, uh, Xbox and PlayStation Five. Well, it's been seven years, and we don't have yeah. an updated Switch. They have their OLED, but that's just better screen. There's nothing better inside internally. So right. I'm like, what are y'all doing? What would the world come to if Sony announced we just bought Nintendo? I I, I don't <laughs> one. I don't know if that would ever happen, but it's wouldn't that be crazy? <laughs> just something what? out of left field. And we are now Sony Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. I mean, think, think about the ramifications that could have. Both Japanese studios. Microsoft. Yeah. Mm, you never know. It's, it's no, especially be crazy. after this. Cause... Yeah. Because that's, Activision is huge. Like, I mean, they've got Tony Hawk Pro Skater, Spyro, Crash Bandicoot. Like, Crash Bandicoot at one point was a Sony um, icon character. And now... Yeah. And the same thing with Spyro, and now that's going to be like both of those games are going to be straight to Game Pass. I I'm, I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun for Xbox gamers. <laughs> Notable new releases this week: we've got Rugby Twenty Two uh, for everything on well besides the Switch comes out January twenty seventh. Tyler's looking forward to, by the way. Yeah, I I want I might catch it on sale because this next game is coming out. But Rugby Twenty Two looks good. The trailers look fun, and I like rugby. 
Um, Pokemon Legends Arceus on Switch, January 28th. And then Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection, PlayStation 5 on January 28th as well on Friday. I will be getting Pokemon. It's already pre-ordered and should be on my doorstep on Friday at some point. So I'm excited. The first open world Pokemon game should be fun. We will see. (laughs) We will see. So... But guys, thank you all so much for watching and listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the NerdWide Podcast. Don't forget to share on all your favorite social media platforms. Don't forget to rate and review us on whatever podcasting service you are using. Uh, Social media, you can follow the NerdWide account on Twitter at nerd underscore wide. You can follow me personally at ty underscore Haynes. You can follow Chris at mathtn7. If you want to follow NerdWide on the Facebook side of things, just search nerdwide.com. And we're the first search there. And we will post uh, post all of our podcasting links as soon as they go up as they go up but guys as always this has been the nerdwide podcast thank you so much for watching and listening and we cannot wait to see you next week well for me personally for superman and lois so we'll see you then later guys